Good morning, Gallahorns. Two old bloggers. Go at it. Hey, everybody. It's Dave here and Darren from the Great White North, which is still not white yet, correct? Yeah, I think we got about a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks? No. No, no, no. <laughs> not, like late October. It'll late be... October? The, the the snow will arrive and we'll be whitish and middle the late big the lakes will start freezing and we'll be wearing winter coats uh-huh uh, uh so a uh, little little while yet and that's when you get to play with the polar bears right no polar bears around here dave uh no? they're above above the uh yeah the, this isn't polar bear territory uh much further north um there are lots of polar bears in in like the Hudson Bay area, which is not anywhere near here, which is much, but is much further south than than here. But it's just that the way that that's the polar bear range. Mm-hmm. They do not, uh, even though we've got polar bear souvenirs up the yin yang around here. <laughs> there's a there's a big stuffed polar bear in the Yellowknife Airport, but no polar bears come around here. Lots of lots of black bears. Okay. Uh, I saw a couple on the highway uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, mama bear and her cub bear crossing the, the highway. Hadn't seen a couple of black bears in a while, and I was glad that I did not run into them um, <laughs> on a hike because uh, uh-huh. the mama bear would not have been very kind to me. No, she wouldn't. Mm-hmm. They're good at e- yeah. eating, by the way. Um, for those I've never heard, but they also that's... think you're good eating. If you uh, cross them. Yes. Yeah. If they're hungry or if you uh, come upon uh, mama bear and her her cubs, cubs. Mm -hmm. then it's a problem. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, but the grizzlies, sometimes uh, the grizzlies have a range here too. Not as common, but they do sometimes show up. Mm -hmm. Lots of other wildlife too. And, uh, but yeah, but that's got nothing to do with the Vikings. No, but, but speaking of bearing it. Uh, yes. We have Mike Zimmer who gets frustrated with injuries, and we've had a few. This week we had Justin Jefferson who uh, got landed on by Bashad Breland and reportedly had a sprained AC joint in his shoulder. Now, it's supposedly day-to-day, but I'm cool with him sitting out the rest of preseason and being ready for yep. week one. And for some other players, it literally is day-to-day. Others, it's a few weeks, two, three, four weeks, depending on how bad it was. And reports are that it wasn't bad at all, which is a good thing. Yes. (laughs) The Vikings dodging a big bullet there. Then there's other players that are injured. We have Anthony Barr, who's been out for three days now. First day he was out, he was Veterans Day off. Then he p- played the next day a little bit. And then he's been out two days in a row, and everybody's like, what in the world's going on with Anthony Barr? We do not know if it's an injury or not. Injury or not. We hope it's not. Then there's Adam Thielen, who's been taking it easy because he supposedly has a leg injury of some sort. I heard bru- th- uh, bruised thigh or something. Something relatively minor. He's not going to miss any game time. Yeah. But then there is the one player 
that Zimmer got visibly frustrated over during his press conference. And he said, one step forward, two step back. And that was Christian Derisaw. Derisaw had core surgery down near the groin area, core muscles. Basically, it's a, what do they call it? Um, where the muscle busts through the casing. And he had it repaired, but he has not since gotten back to full speed where they trust him enough to put him in full team drills. He'll do individual drills, but he's not in full team drills. Your question that you wanted to talk about is, why does Mike Zimmer get so frustrated over injuries? You I, tell I, me. Well, well I... Um, the, uh, I get the, I get, I think there's, I was thinking about it a bit more, Dame, and I think that there's, uh, you have to separate the, the injury aggravation with Zimmer. It seems like, cause I remember a few years back, well, I think it was 2016 or, or, or so, you know, he made the old, uh, Parcells thing. Can't make the club in the tub about Mac Mac and cheese, Mac Alexander, uh, nursing some, um, uh, some injuries that, uh, Zimmer did not seem to think were serious enough for him to be not out there practicing and playing. And, but, um, uh, what I, what I was thinking about was that I noticed that he doesn't seem to call out the veterans all that much, but if you're a rookie, uh, and you're nursing injuries like Derisaw is right now, uh, then he's, uh, he gets, uh, pissed <laughs> a bit more. Uh, I just, um, so it could, and we know that. Uh, at least my feeling is that uh, Zimmer is not all that trusting of rookies. Anyway, he tends to bring them along slowly, uh, mm-hmm. unless they obviously are all world. And like even Jefferson took three. It wasn't until the third game or that he was starting right. third or fourth game last year, which seems ridiculous now. when when you look at what he put up after he became a starter, but I think uh, Zimmer just has seems to have a low tolerance with rookies. And uh, he's and when it comes to injuries, we don't know. Like uh, maybe he's annoyed because Derisaw, the timing of Derisaw's surgery in the off season, and felt that he could have got this stuff rectified earlier, or maybe this stuff wasn't revealed or found out during their uh, their uh, vetting of Derisaw. There, there could we don't know about those sort of things. But I, I just I wonder. Uh, uh, We'll probably talk about the uh, Zimmer and comments when we get to Cousins in a little while, because, <laughs> but, um, but uh, you know, I, I feel a bit cheapish because we've been saying, ah, oh, Zimmer doesn't say anything anymore. The conferences, he just always gives the same answers. You know, we got to play better. Uh, why couldn't he speak more frankly? This now he's speaking frankly about injuries, and now I'm uh, crapping on him for doing that. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if there's a. I don't know what the upside is for a coach to call out a player about injuries i uh, you obviously you and i do not know how hard derisaw or how not how hard he's going at rehab or what he's doing like is he messing around he doesn't seem like that kind of a player um no or just how bad you know what the issue is um we know but if you're uh, injured if you're injured you're injured generally Um, yes um, now, again, never never been in a pro sports team. We don't know all the things that go on behind the scenes. How much pressure there is to be to play. There's got to be a lot of pressure to play. Um, we don't know how much players are pressured to play, um, and, and what the severity of the injury has to be for 
for you know the coaches to accept that they cannot play and we don't know how much that plays in the mind of of players like how much pressure they feel to actually go on the field if they're not uh, really able to do so um, there's the old saying so, that playing hurt is one thing playing injured is a completely other and right, the question yes. is is he hurt you know has he not fully healed i mean end of last season was january yeah you would think he was healed enough by now or you know is he actually injured and if that's the case what are they doing to fix it and is putting him out there for team drill or for individual drills slowing that progress should they keep him out even longer and that's a question I don't know. I can see why Zimmer gets frustrated because he's supposed to have these guys available. You know, he wants Darisaw to get in there and compete for that left tackle job. So, and so do we. The left tackle. Yeah, we do too. And it's frustrating to him that he cannot do that. And I fully understand that. It's frustrating to me too. I want to see him play that position. We haven't yeah, seen just, any live, you know, 11 on 11 drills to evaluate him yet. No, I just, I, I think as a coach, um, again, you know, Zimmer seems to pick his spots on, on, on who he's uh, calling out uh, publicly about these injury things. And, and his old mentor, Bill Parcells, used to do a lot of this too. With, you know, he'd send these messages out at press conferences uh, and Bill was, you know, a, Bill had a plan, I think, that he did those things purposely to send a message to people if he, if he didn't feel that they were getting the message uh, during practices from the other coaches. Um, I, th- I think it, Zimmer, you, I, you know, he he talks a lot to Parcells uh, still, and uh, so there must be an influence there. I think in this case, though, it, it seemed like it was one of those things where Zimmer was just – um, maybe a little, maybe there might've been a plan too, but he was also just frustrated, but I did, you know, I don't, I just don't see the upside to calling out rookies. You want to have a good relationship with these guys. You want them to work with you and to listen to you and to follow what you have to say, uh, by, by kind of, um, insinuating that maybe this guy is a, a, a pussy or a wimp, <laughs> you know, like, like he can't tough it out like a, like a real man. Uh, I don't know if that's going to win you many brownie points with the player. Probably these things happen all the time in, in the regular season, and, and these players are probably used to it, and uh, it's water off a duck's back. Uh, but uh, we are seeing things like uh, you to see with the Simone Biles situation in the Olympics. You saw it with um, – uh, Naomi Osaka in 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 uh, the tennis at the at the um, Wimbledon that uh, now the mental health issues are are starting to players some players are uh, bringing that up and saying you know enough is enough and and I, th- these aren't this I don't know what the situations were with Osaka or Biles like whether there's coach pressure or whatever but the whole the whole pressure thing I don't know if that's such a great thing. Uh, uh, that's my only concern with it. Uh, well, Biles had a, a legitimate reason from what I hear. She gets what gymnasts called the twisties. And, uh, and it's where when they go into the air and start tumbling and rolling and flipping and doing all the things gymnasts do, their mind and their, well, it would be their equilibrium gets off 
and it's not telling them the correct stuff, and they can literally crash into the mat and break their neck. Um, it's probably similar to vertigo. It would be my mm-hmm. guess. Ted Glover, if he was watching, could confirm that. Um, it just it's a total disorientation thing. And which was legitimate, but when it first came out, they thought, ah, oh, you know, this isn't good. Well, that is technically mental because it deals with the brain and, you know, movement, the inner ear. And if it's off, it could hurt you. Now, the question is, are football players, do they suffer something similar? I think I would think concussions, right, would fall into that category but a core injury I mean there's you know hey coach it hurts I can't do this you know and then have the medical staff look at it it's I mean that's what they get paid for now back in the day players played through a lot more and it was they'd get the shots and the whole works and it was played, all part of the they prayers. played for played under uh, with a lot more and for a lot less. <laughs> oh yes, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just yeah I'd um, I just uh, I feel that we really you know in Darasaw's case I I don't I don't know again why Zimmer does these things I'm not really sure he just gets frustrated but uh, I'd I think I'd rather that'd be something I'd want to talk to. I'm sure he has I think that's something I'd want to keep private. Uh, and, you know, just say the usual um, messaging platitudes uh, that he's working and trying to work it out and then just leave it at that. Uh, I don't think there's anything that really to be gained by going out and saying the guy is or insinuating that the guy is uh, maybe dogging it a little bit. That's that's kind of how I took it or that he's not tough enough. Um, we don't know those things. I don't think that really helps your relationship with that player. Uh, and that's a pretty important relationship because he was your first overall pick in this year's draft and is a left tackle, which is one of the most important positions in professional All of football. football. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we know the history with Sharif Floyd and what he did there. This mm-hmm. just sounds like a repeat. And it's never that's, good. No, I, I, that's, that's my feeling on it. Um, you, you know, at some point in time, uh, if Darisaw overcomes this, and I, I expect that he will, and he becomes the kind of player that we think that he is going to be, then the Vikings are going to be looking to lock him up for a long time after that. If Zimmer is still here, which is um, questionable, oh, questionable, uh, will that depends be a dis- part of Depends on success. It also, uh, which apparently hinges on how well a guy like Darisaw develops and plays. <laughs> That's going to be a big, big part of the Vikings' offensive success in the next four to five years. Catch twenty-two, uh, baby. Catch twenty-two. Do you? Yeah. Do you, Do you want to have uh, the the fact that the 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 your star rookie left left tackle does not like the head coach who's there? Is that going to play a part in the contract and st- extension negotiations? Um, I don't know how much of a big deal is it. Money usually is a is a bigger factor, and and uh, the state of the team, how good the team is, how how comfortable the player feels in the the situation in the city that they're playing in. But the coaching staff has to play a part in that too, as the New York Giants are finding out these days. With, like, every, every, Four retiring, uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, um, but I don't know. Yeah, but you take that and you take Mac Alexander. Mac Alexander fought Zimmer to uh, you know tooth and nail for the first two seasons and eventually left and then came back said no I was wrong it was right and wanted to yeah. come back so 
there is there's both sides of that. Whether it's advantage, it depends on the individual personality. Whether calling them out in public is a motivating factor or not. Um, yeah. Generally, you try to do everything behind the scenes. You praise in public. Um, you uh, correct in private is generally the way to go. And only if that the corrections and the adjustments in private don't work, do you see if something else will. Because if they don't work in private, you're not going to get them to work otherwise anyways, right? So you might as well take it, I see it as take it to, well, there's a reason you're supposed to be doing this. And you say that in public, you may not mention the person by name, but they get the hint, hopefully. If they don't get the yeah. hint, they shouldn't have been drafted in the first place. My opinion, because they're not, they don't have the upstairs to play the game. Now, linemen across the board are generally very, very smart individuals. And he should get it in private and not just you know, in public. And Zim, I think, did the wrong thing there. But let's talk about Zimmer and Kirk Cousins. We had a little controversy this week. <laughs> yeah, it's just a uh, just a little, 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 little one. Um, I, yeah, I, uh, this has been talked about probably on every Vikings video show podcast this week that's that's run and it's it's made national espn pro football talk abc nbc cbs all of them have talked about it espn everybody has talked about it the um yeah so the uh, we saw yesterday or the day before that um cousins lost his partnership with the uh the michigan hospital that he'd been over uh, I think they called it his vaccine stance. Uh, I'm sorry, Dave. I didn't see all of his uh, his presser or anything, but I don't think he ever. I, I, I don't, I don't know one. if he. Yeah, he I, managed uh, to piss off everybody. Yeah, well, and uh, Kirk is sometimes good at that. Uh, <laughs> sometimes he he gets people mad at him because he didn't say anything, and now he's got people mad at him because he said a lot of stuff. Uh, I'm gonna. All right, you go my, do that. My, um, I'm gonna have a drink of my uh, strawberry smoothie here, but uh. <laughs> no. But he is uh, he he managed. I mean, there's other quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks that aren't vaccinated. Lamar Jackson um, is one of them. <laughs> Kirk Plexiglass Cousins. Yeah, yeah. you got it, Jim. You got it. Yeah. Um, even made a cute little graphic for that, but I won't show it here because. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, um, other quarterbacks have not been vaccinated, but you don't hear that it didn't blow up like it has with Kirk. Kirk did it. He blamed the whole situation on everything except for himself. And the room was too small. Uh, he was more than six feet away from Kellen Mond and Jason asks, "Have we heard if Mond's back yet?" No, I haven't heard anything. Um, he's got a Mond's got to be out ten days, right? Well, he's got a test pause or test negative two days in a row. I think it is. Right. Yeah. Um, well, it, it, yeah. If you got COVID, you're not going to test negative. Well, <laughs> well you will once you get over it. You'll get to a, you'll get yeah. to a point where you test negative. Um, That's right. But. Um, and Kirk was blaming 
He wasn't within six feet of Mond, but because the room size was too small, it, it, it keyed off and that he didn't test negative or test positive the whole time he was out. You know, he had never missed four practices, this, that. And if anything, he's going to put plexiglass up. That's where the plexiglass comes from, plexiglass box. And if necessary, they're going to move to a bigger room. And if, and if, if, it, if he has to, they'll move to have QB meetings under the goalpost on the practice field in January. Right? But everything was everybody else's fault and not Kirk's. And that rubbed people wrong. The whole, I didn't do it. You know, whether whether your stance is not to be vaccinated or vaccinated, right? It was that whole, it's not my fault thing. And that rubbed everybody just raw across the board. And that that's not good for the, can't be good for the team. And he has not played well since he's been back. He's obviously under a lot of stress because, like you mentioned, he lost one of his sponsors over this, a hospital. And then uh, he hasn't played well in the practices since. Now, my question to you is, how is this going to affect the season? Um, we were watching, uh, maybe you did too, last night I was watching um, the Viking report that their uh, Galhorn um, Facebook uh, site mates Ted Glover and 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 Drew Budding and, and Christopher Gates is on there who uh, runs the Daily Norseman site of course as uh, most Viking mm-hmm. fans know and and uh, and they were talking um, Chris Chris felt that it, it's not going to be an issue and I I feel like I I tend to agree with him uh, these things are. You know, you know, it'll it'll be. Here's what's going to happen. If the Vikings start start off the season three and zero, it won't be an issue. And if they go one and two or zero and three, it's going to be a big issue. Big issue. So, uh, and uh, and whether that has anything to do with <laughs> the most entitled stance, uh, Jim's like on fire here so far. Yeah. Um, so the, the results on the field are going to eventually determine, I think, how you know exactly. how, this, how people how people perceive whether this is an issue or not. I kind of agree with Chris that it's that it, it it's not going to be an issue or it shouldn't be an issue. What I hope has happened here is, uh, for one thing, Zimmer again was uh, he, he you know earlier he talked about he is mad because the 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 quarters I have quarterbacks who aren't vaccinated. He made a point of pointing out how smart Browning is for getting vaccinated, <laughs> which was kind of kind of hilarious uh, to me anyway, um, and. Uh, and then later this week, of course, he said, I'm not going to talk about this anymore. I, I talked to Kurt. We had a good discussion. And, you know, they obviously threw, you know, gave both sides. Cousins said why he's not getting vaccinated. And Zimmer was trying to tell him why he felt he should. You're not going to change Kurt Cousins' mind. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the way it's going to be. Uh, the Vikings will have to make sure extra careful, as you say, that he's got plexiglass around him or – uh, you know, whatever. Put him in the uh, bubble. But, yeah, put him in the bubble. But uh, I think what I would like to see is, so Zimmer said he's not going to talk about it anymore. And that's probably, you know, I, that would be that would be the way I would handle it now too because uh, every team in the NFL, this is going to be an issue at some point. 
that they're going to have to, you know, probably going to have to deal with. Uh, you know, it'll be a question that comes up. Uh, and if guys get COVID on the team and they have to miss a game, no matter what the position they're there, you're going to, as a team, you're going to have to answer to that. As a coach, you're going to have to answer to that. It's going to be a story. That's the, just the way it's going to be. Just like, uh, just like if you know somebody breaks their arm and and they're out, right? You're you're going to have to answer to it. But and uh, yeah. the NFL right now is ninety percent vaccinated. The Vikings are the lowest at sixty four percent. Some teams are near a hundred percent. I think the Tampa Bay is one of those. Um, where it can get you is if because the rules are so drastically different for those that are vaccinated and those that are not. Where it can get you is if you come into rather than a Saturday night practice. You're coming into, say, Saturday and game days on Sunday. And then on Saturday night or Sunday morning, one of the unvax, Adam Thielen's one um, that we know of, Harrison Smith is speculating. Harrison Smith is is another. Oh, yeah, I do. Um, But if your quarterback in particular, right, say it's, again, the quarterback room, and then – you suddenly don't have any quarterbacks, right? Like happened to Denver last year. The likelihood of you winning that game, right? And if enough people get it, you go, you forfeit and don't get paid. But the likelihood of you winning that game just goes down the crapper. And um, and that doesn't do well for the team. With the, when the team's goal is to make the Super Bowl, right? And to hopefully win the Super Bowl. Please, that should be their goal. We've gone 60 years without winning a Super Bowl. Let's not make it 61. Let's go and win that thing. And to do that, you've got to have all hands on deck and you do everything possible to make sure all hands are available to be on deck. That's my heartburn over this. And it's not a personal thing or a political thing, or whether you're for or against it. It's a team thing as to what's best for the team. And that's that's what irritated me with him. Now... I think what what Dave what uh, I hope has happened or what I would would I would like to see happen if it hasn't happened yet is that uh, you, you they, they have a, the, the team has a meeting if it hasn't had it already and a guy like Cousins calls it and you or some of the other team leaders uh, would call it now some of those team leaders are Thielen and Hitman who are if they're not vaccinated maybe <laughs> that's that's kind of not the way I would want it to go um, but you heard uh, Patrick but, Peterson say oh yeah he got it he had to get it because he wasn't going to let down the team yeah i just think that the the, the team has to have a you'd want to have a team meeting where these guys are um, explaining okay here's why i got i'm not vaccinated here are my reasons have the team talk about it back and forth. You're probably not going to change anything, but at least you've had an airing of grievances and the guys who are vaccinated and and in Patrick Peterson's case, maybe he didn't really want to get the vaccine, but he got it because he said, you know, it was a team thing Mm -hmm. and then he can, you know, bring that out. And at least uh, they've had uh, a discussion about 
the the why and the why's not, and that's out there. And then the the players who are unvaccinated, um, or you know, the leaders of the teams and the ones who are vaccinated can, can say, okay, you're not going to get vaccinated. You we we feel that this puts our team at a competitive disadvantage. So we're going to hold you accountable for doing all the other things that need to be done with the protocols so that you, you do everything you can not to get infected with COVID or be a close contact. From what uh, I gather, from what I gather that those discussions have taken place and that the team is on board with the players on which everybody's stance is and they, you know, they agree they're going as one team, but they understand everybody's stance and they're going to try to make everything work out. It's just that you're leaving, you're leaving so much greater of a chance for things to go wrong, in my opinion, with the ones that don't. But as a team, the players are saying they're cool with it and they're going to press on. I think that's all that can be done at this point if certain individuals won't won't get vaccinated for whatever those reasons are. And apparently for cousins, it's religious reasons. It's uh, you'd mentioned that. Um, and I don't know what. It's not political. It's religious. On the yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Um, so if the, if the team has had that discussion, they've hashed things out. Uh, they've come to an, an understanding about each other's points of view and what people are going to do to protect themselves. Nobody asks to get COVID when you get it. Uh, it's not anybody's fault in that way, um, even if you, you do have the opportunity to get vaccinated. So I think that in that case, I feel good about it because it shows that the team, and this is something that we aren't, I know I'm not all that sure about, is what kind of team culture do the Vikings have? You, you hear a lot about team culture for teams that win a lot. Uh, like every team that Brady's on has got a great team culture, culture. right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you know, if, if you're a sucky team, your team culture must suck as well. Well, I don't know. New York that, Giants, your team yeah, culture yeah. must suck. If you've got four players, that suddenly at that. I'm retired. So they come to this understanding. I get the, you know, the test of it will be if this happens during the regular season with key players and how the team uh, reacts. reacts to, to that. And the other thing about this is, is that, we don't know uh, amongst uh, on the outside looking in how much of a big deal this is or how much of a schism it is or how much of a, you know, it could uh, fracturing. It could be, these are, these are stories that have been put out by, you know, it's legitimate stories for the media to cover, but they're the ones writing it. We don't know if that has any effect on the players at all. And they're the ones that go on the field and perform. Uh, and they're the ones that are with these guys day in and day out. If they're okay with the way things are, and it sounds like they are, then I don't think it's going to be a big issue. But as always, when the season starts going south, suddenly things that weren't issues become issues. Bada big, baby. You got it right. And, and uh, yeah, it's still not good if Kirk Cousins, for all his faults and all that you and I sometimes have our problems with him, overall, you know, he's a pretty good player, pretty good quarterback, uh, with him, if he's not in the lineup for the Vikings uh, because of he got COVID or he's a close contact due to the unvaccinated thing, that's a major, major competitive disadvantage for the Vikings oh, yeah. uh, in any game they play. Yeah, I've Vikings Rome mentioned Jake Browning. I'm impressed with Jake Browning so far. I think he's locked up the QB2 slot. 
I think with the team we have right now as a QB2, if he had to come in, he could win half the games. And that's what you want as a backup. But and that's the other thing about to win the division, is, you need to win yeah. more than half. I guess the the a bit of the silver lining on this, Dave, with with that is that Browning, who we had no idea what he brought to the table, has had like a week plus of getting major major reps with a lot of guys that normally he wouldn't get to have mm-hmm. reps with, and uh, he's probably going to play a lot in the preseason games. Again, Mon's been out, so he's probably not going to play at all next Saturday. Uh, which means it's going to be Browning and Cousins, and probably mostly Browning. And we don't and know about Etling. Nate, 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 Paul Stanley, or Etling, or uh, it'll Cook, be Etling uh, and Stanley will finish Cook, it off. Cook, uh, Cook, uh, Crocus. <laughs> it's well, Crocus, but, but anyway, Crocus uh, left. They they had oh, him for the three or four days, and they said thank you for you know coming in and handing off, and we're done with you. Bye. Yeah, well, he did. I wonder what he got paid for for doing that. He had to get paid something. There's there's stuff written in the CBA where he got some money. I want to say it was seventy thousand, but I don't know. Um, hmm. Hey, 70, it's experience. Dave. He put it on his resume. Sign sign me up for that, Dave. <laughs> Seventy grand American. I'll throw a football and hand off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. they're not even going to tackle me. I'll be good. But yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's a uh, that's the situation we got. I, again, I'm 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 good with I, the the situation is not ideal. But if the team has addressed it internally, at least that's a good start to things. the The issue is, of course, like you say, with a lot of the public uh, stuff coming down on Kirk, and we know uh, or we believe anyway that he's not the most mentally tough athlete out there that when the when you know when things start getting uh, not uh, perfect when there's a, a lot of uh, stuff going on either on the field or perhaps off the field uh, the the concern is is that he's going to crack under that so this is a, not a very uh, I would say this is an unwanted distraction for him uh, one that is of his own making uh, mm-hmm. and uh, he's going to have to uh, hope that it blows away and I guess if this is going to happen uh, better to happen in the preseason when right. you know, nothing really counts. Exactly. And it, and if they go through, like you said, winning solves everything. If we go through and have a marvelous season, this won't be brought up again. Um, it won't. Hope that's the case. And Viking Jerome, you're 61. I'm 57. We all agree. Let's win one. Um, like I said, this win is... One. Six- win one for the Gipper. This is Vikings the sixty-first season of the Minnesota Vikings, so let it be. I haven't magical. been to a Super Bowl in almost 50. since nineteen what seventy-four, seventy-six, seventy-six. So yeah, been a while. Yeah, a little bit. I was a kid then. Jerome was. So a was kid I? Then. And it's just now. Nah, let's do it. Speaking of games, we have one coming up. The Denver Broncos, which I was looking forward to when I was living there before moving to Austin, looking forward to seeing all the reporting on their team, are coming to town. They're going to be here early so they can do a joint scrimmage. But then on Saturday at 3 o'clock Central in the afternoon, we have preseason game one where the Broncos are at the Minnesota Vikings. 
What do you think of that? I love it. Uh, even if it's going to be like mostly potentially four quarters of the most boring football you've watched <laughs> in, in eight months. But it's it's still NFL football. Uh, it, it's always exciting to see them get out there, uh, see the team. We haven't watched the Vikings since January when they beat uh, the Lions. So it's it's just a. I, at that point, you really feel like the NFL season has is here. Uh, when for me anyway, when the preseason gets started, and uh, you know, a couple of key things is that uh, there'll be there's fans in the stands, right? Yes. They're going to be. Yeah. So uh, first time the Vikings and they will be playing. That way. Yeah. The uh, first uh, first time the Vikings have played in front of fans in uh, in over well over you know in a long long time. Uh, so this is a good little you know it's at in ho- at home. So that's a little bit different, but it's going to be a different atmosphere than last year when they played all the games and there was just canned noise coming in. Uh, so there's that. Uh, also, just uh, interested because this will be Clint Kubiak's first time calling plays in a real sort of a real game, and I'm interested. We we you know preseason they aren't going to show a whole lot, but I'll just it'll, again a good opportunity for him to get his feet wet on that aspect of things, and we might get a little indication of what the Vikings are going to be doing on offense that might be different with Clint than it was with with Gary. Uh, and uh, so interested to see about that because uh, it's very important that we have an OC who knows what he's doing. And there's still questions about, uh, um, you know, the, uh, the Clint jr, you know, uh, Kubiak jr. And what, how effective he's going to be in that position. So that's another thing. And always just for me is just to see what new players, which ones flash mm-hmm. going to be a bit disappointed because Darisaw likely won't be playing, uh, but uh, Wyatt Davis is starting to get in the mix now, which was, uh, and he's apparently, there was, yeah, I saw a couple of tweets that uh, uh, mentioned that he looked pretty decent at the most recent practice. Uh, interested to see like guys like uh, Patrick Jones, Janarius Robinson, Chaz Surrett, these guys, like how are they, how are they going to they be in the look? mix? How are they going to look? Like, uh, particularly when we aren't really sure on the defensive end, who's going to be pr- providing the juice other than Daniil Hunter? Well, uh, it'd be really nice if Jones or Robinson kind of showed a little something on that end of things. It'd be nice if Surratt shows that he's a factor for that third linebacker spot, even though that third linebacker doesn't play a whole lot, but right. they do play. And I'd like that third guy to play whether it be vigil or surat or somebody else cam smith i don't know who's it going to be like uh if they uh, show that they can make some plays when they're in the game uh exactly. and i'll be uh, and on the other end you know cameron bynum another guy uh safety depth is an issue uh, he's a guy that we don't he's a guy that they've drafted to be i think he's uh, a guy to drafted to play the safety position, even though he's a corner at Cal his whole career. Uh, what can he bring to the table? Uh, yeah, so a lot of things. And then again, interesting things about him in camp. I don't know and, if you've seen that he is doing well and may beat out Metellus for the backup spot on the roster. Which wouldn't maybe wouldn't take much doing, but uh, that's <laughs> fine. And 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 Jim, I did see the Wanham pick six uh, was on the highlights. Uh, very, very nice. Uh, Wanham looked uh, like he could be a tight end, the way he grabbed that thing yeah. and started running. 
uh, so there's that, and um, you know, and uh, the secondary in general will be something I'll be really looking forward to seeing. I don't know how much like a lot of the guys like I don't expect Breland, I don't expect Pat uh, Peterson to play very much, I don't expect Dantzler to play very much, but so that leaves guys like um, you know Harrison Hand, who I think is kind of a promising guy. Uh, he's I think he's going to get a lot of playing time, and I'll, I'll be interested to see how he fares in it. Um, you know, another guy, Chris Boyd, not really, we don't expect him to be a factor, but, uh, can he step up at all? Guys like that, you know, just people flashing. We didn't get a chance to have any preseason last year. There's always a guy, one or two guys in these the preseason games where you think, Hey, can, you know, he's showing up. Eric Wilson was one of those guys four years ago. And uh, now he's uh, made some money and he's playing for, for Philly, but mm-hmm. You, you know, you know, you need. We've got a lot of. We drafted a lot of guys the last two years. It's time to see whether those guys. It's time to start seeing those guys show up a bit in preseason. James Lynch. Uh, what's going to happen with him? A lot of people are saying he's not going to make the roster. Here's the Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year in 2019. Um, what is he going to bring to the table? Uh, lots of questions. Those are the, the you know the, the not the starters, but the those the the backups and the draftees are always the preseason. I'm always really excited to see what they will do, if anything. Amir Smith Marset, another guy, uh, super super fast. Uh, what can he do? You know, a great kickoff returner. Um, the the running back whose last name I cannot pronounce. Uh, he's <laughs> probably Chung. Kine... Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wangu. I think he it's... might get more. He might get more carries in preseason than he got all last year at Iowa State. Um, you know, he could be uh, – there's an, another guy, like a super fast, underused. Did the Vikings get get a guy like a Jarek McKinnon who they've kind of missed since they since he left after 2017? They really need that third third back who can do – catch the ball out of the backfield, do different things. Is Nwangu that kind of guy? All kinds of questions right now that we don't have answers to that hopefully the preseason will provide maybe a little bit of answers to. That's mm-hmm. what gets me That's what gets me pumped up to watch these games. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm looking forward to it. Now, my question to the viewers is, do we see this more as since they've gone down to three games, that's going to change how they evaluate players? The old system was generally... Game one, the first stringers played one one drive, depending on how the drive went, and then they were out, right? And then in game two, you saw them play almost a full quarter, right? You know, and game three, they play to the half and sometimes into the third quarter. How does reducing down to three games, do you think, is going to change the approach from teams, not just the Vikings, Vikings in particular, because that's who we care about, but from all teams as to how they play players in this preseason. Yeah. And we touched on this briefly um, the last week, like what they were going to do with, with three instead of four, do that mean the starters play a little bit more? than normal because you don't or because you have a 17th regular season game with more banging and crashing an extra 60 minutes of hard football that your starters are going to have to play that they didn't have to play in the previous does that mean mean that teams are kind of like we need to give them as much rest as possible 
uh, that's going to be, to me, that's going to be a real interesting way to see how teams handle it. And every teams are going to handle it differently, depending, I think, on depending on, you know, who the coach is, uh, how comfortable they feel with the starters, being able to, to just walk right into regular season with minimal, you know, real live action reps, reps mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and all of that. And I think, uh, you know, perhaps Zimmer with having this joint practice going on with the Broncos, maybe he's going to lean towards the, uh, the former, which is don't play the starters very much at all in the preseason and, and let all, and, and let a lot of the rookies and backups get as many reps as they can in because he feels comfortable. The starters that he have, the veterans that he have can hit the ground running in that first game against the Bengals. Mm-hmm. But, but not every team is going to take that approach. And, uh, I think uh, quarterback wise, I don't think that the Vikings, they probably don't have a lot of, like, I feel like a guy at cousins who's been in the league a while, uh, and has played a lot. I don't really think that he needs a whole lot of playing time in preseason to, to, you know, get going in, in the regular season, especially in an offense that's pretty much been the same for the past three years. They've added uh, I think he'll twists. Be... Clint is yeah, already but... adding stuff. Yeah, he's and, and that's fine. But he, he's already he's got getting the, he's got the base more down, modernized, right? Yeah, but he's yeah. got the base down. Yes, exactly. So yeah, I mean, adding adding those little things that the I don't want to see the stare as much. Jim says, yeah, yeah. It's, I kind of I'm kind of with idea. you on that one. I'm kind of with you on that one. I mean, if, if Cook doesn't get a carry the whole preseason, I'm like, good, because he had about 700 carries last year. The guy could use a break. <laughs> you know? And you know he's going to get quite a few this year. Yeah, he's probably going to get about 650 this year. So, hey, give it, I'm, I'm okay. He looks he looks good in training camp, so uh, I'm fine with him. Yeah, and we'll get more Wang Chung. Kene yep. Wangu. And I don't really I don't really think uh, Madison needs a whole lot of work either. Like he's, uh, and uh, you don't want him getting hurt because um, Cook has had an injury history, and uh, if he's out for any length of time, you're expecting Maddie to get in there and uh, and to do like he did against uh, Detroit, and then give a good, uh, solid, wor- workmanlike effort. Actually, it was much better than that. He was outstanding in that game, mm-hmm. um, even if he's you know not the same back, but very effective back. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see some of the older fringe veterans like uh, Amir Abdullah, how they'll do because they've got Kane Wangu breathing up their tails. And I find that I find that whole battles, the battles for positions and how they do, who stands up, who's the game time player, right? You have guys that can do great in practice and then absolutely suck during games. Um, but you have guys that can, vice versa, absolutely not be great in practice. But during games, the, it's like lighting a light switch and they become somebody totally different. Those storylines are some that we're looking forward to this preseason starting Saturday. Yeah, I think, and I forgot to mention, uh, you know, Jake Browning again. Like, mm-hmm. if I'll be now that I'll be interested to see if if what he did in practices the past week week or so if that translates into the game time action in the game time yep because he's because he right now he's likely your backup qb so it'd be very nice if he went in there and he showed that he was proficient efficient and actually can get uh lead the team effectively when he's in there no matter who he's got playing with him and that way uh i'd feel a little bit better about the vikings backup quarterback position because right now 
Uh, I think most of us are not feeling all that great about it. <laughs> With the, the the only saving grace is that um, Cousins never gets injured. Uh, knock, knock, knock on, on wood. wood. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. So, any last words? Let's wrap this puppy up. No, I I, I think again uh, this time next week we will have uh, seen a preseason game and we'll have. Uh, actually football stuff to talk about and hopefully all this uh, Kirk and COVID and uh, you know injury wussy type stuff will not be an issue we'll actually have oh this uh, you know this guy flashed Uh, the Vikings looked uh, run defense looked really stout uh, throughout the game we'll have those things to discuss which is a lot more enjoyable for me than to talk about some of the stuff we talked about today Mm -hmm. which was enjoyable too but (laughs) And we're the first scheduled show after the game. I think we will be doing a uh, post-game show um, Boom. for Climbing the Pocket Network. It'll be a brand new one. There's no more GMG in the raw for obvious reasons. I wish Ted, Drew, and Chris all success on their show. But Climbing the Pocket will also be going live after the show to do a post-game. But then the next day, once we've recovered from our hangovers and thought about it and researched everything, you have me and Darren. That's right. Two old bloggers to go over to football. And hopefully it's a good one. For everybody out there, have a great remainder of your day. And as always, Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody.